Hi, everybody, and welcome to Telich Talks. I have a question for you. How do you measure success? Well, for many, the measure of success deals with being somebody who is always available, someone who, despite insurmountable odds, will always suit up and play no matter the odds. Pretty good case in point, a gentleman who got a gold jacket and a bust in Canton recently. That number 10,363 is special to me in a lot of ways. And not just because it's an NFL record, but because it shows that I was there for my brothers 10,363 times in a row. They could count on me. That is recently inducted NFL Pro Football Hall of Famer Joe Thomas of the Cleveland Browns. He never missed a snap in his entire NFL career. He played 11 seasons for the Cleveland Browns after being drafted by the team number three overall in 2007. Hence the reference to 10,363 straight snaps that he played until an injury forced him out of a game and ended his career. Thanks very much to the NFL Network and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Joe measured success by his ability to always be there. He intensely prepared. He practiced. He was lifting as much as possible. He worked hard on his recovery, his film study, his rehab from injuries. He had surgeries as his careers went on and on. And all the while, he was getting out there and playing for his team. He did everything possible to uh, have the knowledge of what his opponent would be like. So hence the tons of film study that he did. We saw it every Sunday. So again, I ask you, how do you measure success? Well, I happen to serve on the board of the Greater Cleveland Sports Hall of Fame. And at a recent event, I spoke with a few luminaries in Cleveland sports about this topic. We'll start with former Browns great Greg Pruitt. He's a five-time pro bowler. He was a college football Hall of Famer at the University of Oklahoma. He won a Super Bowl with the Raiders after the 1983 season. He was an outstanding player both collegiately and professionally. So I asked him how he measures success. What does it take? What is the singular biggest component to being a success in sports? What do you think? Uh, hard work. I, I tell kids all the time, God make us all good. Practice makes us perfect. And practice also allow us to realize what we need to work on. And if we do that, because you got to play great if you want to keep going up the level. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are no exceptions. When you were coming up, practice was never in the public eye. Is it kind of weird nowadays that kids kind of show the world that they're working hard? Yeah. You know, like on social media and stuff like that? Yeah, well, you know, I get a chance to Brown put on camps around the city, and I get to talk to kids. And first thing I 
tell them is to stand up and with me and give themselves an applause for being here because you don't have to be here. So you made a good decision and by being successful is making decisions, making mm -hmm. good ones, not being afraid to, to uh, make a mistake, but learn from it. Mm -hmm. If you just go back and Google some great Pruitt highlights from college, you will see on those YouTube highlights how amazingly electric he was as a ball carrier out in the open. He was just an amazing sight to see. And oftentimes, opponents would grab his jersey. Well, they'd get the jersey all right, but they would not give him. It was a tearaway jersey, and off he would go with the opponent frustrated holding a piece of jersey in their hand. In fact, as it tore away, the people that ran college football came to the conclusion that they would have to set up the Greg Pruitt rule, and tearaway jerseys were hence illegal after Mr. Pruitt had his way. Moving on now, gang, let's talk about Felix Wright. He played eight seasons for the Cleveland Browns. He went to three AFC title games in the late 1980s, those teams with Bernie Kosar, the teams coached by Marty Schottenheimer. He led the NFL in interceptions in 1989. Oh, by the way, he was a two-time Canadian Football League All-Star before he got an opportunity to play in the National Football League. Not bad, for a guy who played at Drake. Of course, we're talking about the school in Iowa, not the musical artist. Well, this, I, I would say just being dedicated to your goal. And if your goal to be perfect at something, you gotta, you gotta practice it. Mm -hmm. So practice makes perfect, you know, that, that saying. And I think that's how I made it, is because I practiced what I preached and, uh, and stuck with it even when I was uh, told that I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So I kind of fought through all that negative stuff and just fought. And when I go out and speak to, to kids, I always tell them, you know, when I grew up through high school, I had goals without distractions. And so I didn't let anything distract me from the ultimate goal that I wanted. And I finally got an opportunity to, to make it, get an opportunity to get out and make it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the only reason is because I was ready when I got the call. What made Marty so successful as a coach, using some of the edicts that you just spoke about as far as practice and attention to detail, things like that? The thing I think about Marty is that he he played the game. So mm -hmm. he played at a professional level, which I think makes all the difference in the world. Because if you look at today's NFL, I wouldn't think that maybe even 75% of the guys never played at that level. So I don't, I don't understand how you can teach at that level if you've never played oh, at that level. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he played that level, so he's able to talk to us, and we also trust what he's doing because he's been there before. Mm -hmm. You know, so, and one thing, the reason why I chose Cleveland over the other teams that were looking at me, which was like Green Bay and Buffalo and the St. Louis Cardinals, is because Marty says, if you're the best person at that position, you're going to play. Uh, I don't care if he was a first-rounder or second-rounder versus a free agent. The best person is going to play. And I, I just thought, well, hey, if that's the case, then I got a chance. You know, because I went to Houston uh, for for a camp. Actually, that's where I got my start. I think that that's probably the best training camp I ever had. Mm. And 
I should have made that team. And I didn't for the simple reason because it was a crowded defensive back room. But the coach said that Felix, you should have been in this team. I had nothing to do with it. He said, but we got caught up in the number of games because we got a couple first-rounders and second-rounders that mm. are here. And his name was Kenny Houston. <laughs> Kenny Houston told me when they let me go, he said, Felix, don't worry about it. You'll be back in the league. I didn't believe him at the time. Right. Because I didn't know if I was going to get another opportunity. But uh, he said, you'll be back. So when I finally signed back three years later, because that was in 82, I went up to Canada and played three years and then came back. And when I saw him in Houston, he said, I told you. And I'm like, you're right. It was kind of hard to believe, you know, when you when you first initially told me that. Reggie Langhorn came out of little Elizabeth City State University. That was a Division II college. That was back in the 1980s. In fact, 1985. He was drafted by the Browns in the seventh round. He was a vital cog of the receiving core for quarterback Bernie Kosar during those great teams in the 1980s. In fact, late in his career, when he played for the Colts, he had an outstanding season, caught more than 1,000 yards through the air for the Indianapolis Colts. Here's Reggie Langhorn's take on success. Reggie Langhorn. Longtime Browns receiver, one of the best. How do you define success? I find success as happiness. Um, material things don't define a human being. I think it's what uh, what you feel on the inside, um, whether it be a good family, a good spiritual background, or just just happiness. I think the soul tells you if you're in a good place, then you're successful. That's cool. Did you guys have that feeling of success when you played for Marty? I had that feeling because of the people that were around me and the coach that was leading us. Um, Marty had a way of uh, psychologically getting the minds of all the guys that played for him, uh, made us believe in each other. Um, we competed against each other, and then, therefore, we didn't just uh, work together on Sunday. It's what we did on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and then what we did off the field. So I think that was successful. Even though we didn't win uh, an AFC championship to go further, I think we were a very successful team, and the fact that we all still respect, love, and uh, spend time together mm -hmm. says it all right there. You guys really were very close-knit off the field. Mm -hmm. Yes, we were. I mean, uh, I rode here with Kevin Mack. I do the, <laughs> I do the uniform inspector with um, Flex, with Flex um, every Sunday. Um, I do TV against Hanford and uh, with Metcalf. So I am very close to the guys I play ball with. Um, BK and I, we all do things together. I think we're all going to be on that cruise in March um, for the Browns uh, backer group. So, okay. yeah, we all have uh, gotten older, have grandchildren. But as men, we have come to respect. And, uh, and I think that is a successful friendship. Happiness, respect, they all go together. Yes, sir. I believe they do. We will hear from Cavalier legend Austin Carr, but first, a coach's perspective. Carol Russo is a 2022 inductee into the Greater Cleveland Sports Hall of Fame. Carol built Elyria High School into a volleyball powerhouse for many, many seasons. She, in fact, is in the American Volleyball Coaches Association Hall of Fame. It doesn't get any better than Carol Russo, the greatest 
college and high school and professional volleyball coaches in the ranks in all the land believe she belongs with them. That says it all. I chatted with her about what it takes to be successful. Carol, you had so many successful teams at Illyria, and a lot of them were just right at the top of the shelf. What one or two things did you preach to the kids? What did they take away from um, your teachings that allowed them to be successful? I hope it's that you take care of the little things and you do things to the best of your ability all the time. So your 100% is not the same every day, but Mm. you give 100% of what you have that day every day and follow the plan and you got it. And we're so proud of our girls because they are great successes in life. They really have been. And, and it's been the mo- just the whole mantra has been work hard, take care of what you can take care of. Right, I mean, you, you just fundamental, we stressed fundamentals, you know, you do things the right way mm-hmm. and you do what's right even if nobody's looking because that's your character. And that's what you stand for. Mm-hmm. So, um, and hopefully, I mean, that's, it's interesting. I just ran into um, a player I hadn't seen in a really long time. And, oh, cool. and God bless her. She said to me, Coach, there isn't a day go by that I don't think of something that you taught us. And it keeps me on my path. And that's my paycheck right there. That was uh, that was so heartwarming. I mean, my heart grew three sizes that day. That was awesome. When Carol Russo took Illyria to the state finals in 1988, she made history as the first mother-daughter combination to coach teams in the state finals. Her mom did it with Oberlin years previous. And last but not least, everybody, Austin Carr, Mr. Cavalier, a remarkable college star at Notre Dame University. He's a college Hall of Famer, naturally. He is also one of the greatest Cavaliers, that jersey number 34, raised to the rafters in the arena in downtown Cleveland after his tremendous career with the wine and gold. Austin Carr, what is your interpretation of success? Well, basically, um, it's focus, Okay. Uh, belief in yourself, and belief in what you're doing. Okay. Because if you don't believe in that, then you won't go forward when the time gets tough. And and those are the two things, the three things that I learned from my parents that they would never let me stop on even. And that's not just in athletics. It was in uh, um, uh, academics, too. You know, just keep pushing and keep going forward and stay focused. And I think respect for other people is so important. Do we see enough of that today, that respect for others? No. No, I, I, you can see that's... I don't sound like an old man. Saying, no, 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 no. No, but in reality, that that's what's going on. I mean, you, 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 people do not respect other people's space and, and who they are. So it, it, when you do that, you set yourself different, out, away from the maddening crowd. And to me, that's how you get success, by separating yourself, by just being having manners and understanding respect for other people you had that on the winning teams that you played on the respect factor oh yeah well that that to me two-way streets the 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 cavaliers team with a miracle year 
and the two years after that, that was the best team I ever played on because we all respected each other, but we all played for each other. Exactly. And and you have to have that, but you also have to have guys who don't accept defeat. You know, and now you're not going to win everything, mm-hmm. but you have to be able to fight, and you have to fight for it. And if you don't have the ability to, or the need, the want to fight for it, you're not going to be successful. So you because that's how you get over down times is having the ability to fight for what you believe in. Thanks for your words of wisdom. My way. <laughs> So there you have it, gang, a deep dive, if you will, into what success means and how many interpret it. I feel a successful attitude entails trying to lift others up. And as Joe Thomas said, it's about being there for your teammates. You are nothing without team. So for Joe Thomas, Greg Pruitt, Felix Wright, Reggie Langhorn, Carol Russo, and Mr. Cavalier, Austin Carr. I'm John Tellich. And if you like what you have heard, kindly subscribe, rate, and review. We are on all the podcasting platforms. And if you share an episode, I will be forever grateful. And I'll be grateful if you just kindly sign off listening to this episode and be there for us the next time around when I bring you our following episode of Tellich Talks. Until then, have a great week, everybody.